0: What's up and welcome to a difficulty class bonus episode. You're getting two this week. (laughs) And if you're listening in the future, it's just another episode. Uh, (laughs) I'm one of your hosts, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Allie Deitchman that's right and um, this bonus episode we're gonna be going over the unearth arcana that came out last week just after we posted our episode mm-hmm. so um we've kind of we talked about this and we uh we're, we're gonna start doing the uas in bonus episode form that way uh one you get more of us talking in your ears uh <laughs> but also uh that way all of our episode numbers aren't just unearth arcana insert month and year uh so we can still do some topics and and uh, we can still talk about the UAs because we know people do really like hearing uh, not only about them but what our opinions are about them. So, yeah, uh, yeah. bonus episode. And and now for our, our, you know, the way that we've normally done this, Allie is going to go over it. We're going to talk about it, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to see who does. This is the first time I've looked at it. I've looked at a few spell names, and that's it.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot in here. And before we dive headfirst into there, I just wanted to mention that there is actually uh, unannounced errata, essentially, that came out Mm. today, which is uh, Wednesday. But Mm -hmm. it's kind of a lot. It's, well, it's big for those that know it. Um, Newer printings of the xenothars include a limit of the, what was it, the spell? It was the healing uh, spirit spell. So it's a second level spell, um, usually it lasts for a minute, and if you start your turn in it's five foot square, you get 1d6 of healing. Which you're like, okay, that doesn't sound like much. But then you realize it's a full minute, so you get 10d6 of healing for a second level spell. And lot. if you cast it at third level, that d6 just adds up. So they made an errata... Naturally. Um, And now it says it can only heal a number of times equal to one plus your spellcasting ability modifier. Minimum of twice. Um, After that healing number of times, the spirit disappears. So, personally, yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's the perfect way to just change it and still keep it pretty good. It's only a second level spell. It should not have been 10d6. Yeah,
0: that's Mm -hmm. pretty ridiculous. And, And you were talking to me before we started recording that people were just... Doing this out of combat, healing for ten d six. Yeah, like, people, all right, everybody, it's time to gather round the holy spirit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> people were doing healing conga lines of just their their hurt player after hurt player. Um, but yeah, Jeremy Crawford responded saying, "Healing spirit has been altered, and a new errata document is on the way. We timed the release of our errata docs to coincide with the arrival of co- ne- corrected books in people's hands, which is now. So apparently, the next few days there's going to be a new errata out."
0: I like i i actually didn't know that they updated the printing of the books because mm-hmm. i know there are some other rpg makers who don't do that
1: oh yeah like the uh gift collectors uh said i have of the player's handbook dungeon master's guide and monster Manual. all mm-hmm. three of those are the most updated versions of the php yeah. and so it's like it's really nice having it's like uh, what's this spell do it's like if there is even a slight argument, I bust out my book, and it's like this is this is the one.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I just go to D and Beyond because I'm a lazy jerk, and That's, I don't have pretty books. <laughs>
1: fun fact: Healing Spirit hasn't been updated on D Beyond as of right now.
0: How dare they!
1: But you know, <laughs> they'll get there.
0: <laughs> they'll get there. All
1: right, but moving on into the Unearthed Arcana, the next one in the 2020 lineup. <laughs> um, definitely not going to be the last. <laughs>
0: definitely not i don't god how many have there been already like this is the fourth
1: i want to say fourth yeah i could be completely wrong but (laughs) um this one is spells and magic tattoos now i think we mentioned this uh on another episode possibly where it feels very pathfinder like Mm -hmm. (laughs) because straight up your character in pathfinder has magic tattoos right
0: yeah yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, Geddick has he has two magic tattoos now. Yeah. Um, and it's a um an ancestry feat it, because it has to do with where the region that he comes from.
1: Yeah, and like that's pretty cool. And so I'm interested to see how D and D kind of takes that approach because I know that there's been a lot of uh, homebrew and stuff on the DM's Guild for this kind of flavor of magic, and so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see how like they officially try to take it.
0: And I don't think it's the first time magic tattoos have been in Dungeons and Dragons. So. Yeah,
1: in, in Fifth Edition, I'll say.
0: Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so basically, this document provides a magical miscellany: uh, new spells and new types of magic item, magic tattoos. Most of the spells focus on an alternative style of summoning, conjuring forth a spirit that assumes a physical form you customize to suit the situation. So it's it's the two things, like I mentioned: spells, and magic tattoos. Mm-hmm. Um, there is new spell lists for all the spell casting classes. Um, funny enough, Artificer isn't on here, so I'm assuming they can't get any of these spells. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the, isn't it that they can? No, they can't. They have a different spell list than the Wizards, don't they?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, so they they can't get any of these spells, it looks like. but No fun um, for you. It looks like every spellcasting class can get at least one of these spells. Like Bard and Ranger both only have one. Um, And let me see. Yeah, Wizard, of course, has a ton of them. So this is going to... Usually in the UAs, we kind of skim over the spell part because it's just a lot. Mm. Um, This one, considering it's half the UA, we're going to actually kind of dive into these spells a little bit. um, So we can talk about them. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 10 out of 10. (laughs) Well, actually, that would be like a 4 out of 10. It was a big splash. Anyways. (laughs) So the first spell, it's a first level evocation spell. It's called Acid Stream. Let's see. It only takes an action. It's from yourself. It's a 30 foot line and it's concentration for up to a minute. What? Yeah. Okay. So, it's, okay, that's interesting. All right. A stream of acid emanates from you in a line of 30 feet and five feet wide in a direction you choose. So, a 30-foot line. Each creature in the line must succeed in a deck save or be covered in acid for the spell's duration or until a creature uses its action to scrape or wash the acid off itself or another creature. A creature covered in the acid takes 3d4 acid damage at the start of each of its turns. That is... That's level 1? Awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, it's, Yeah. No, it's kind of like Acid Splash, I think, right? Except better, <laughs> which is a cantrip. So, so uh, let's see. At second level, if you cast it, it increases by 1d4 for each slot above first.
0: Oh, okay. So the concentration comes in with uh, it staying on the creature. So if you lose concentration on it, the acid just disappears off the creature
1: yeah uh essentially interesting Interesting. because it is magical acid (laughs) it's not like physical acid apparently which again this would have been perfect for the artificer which i'm a little sad about (laughs)
0: yeah 3d4 damage at for a first level is burning
1: hands first level um i can check i want to say it is Uh, maybe maybe it's not that bad
0: it still that's, seems high. I don't know. It's Yeah, early, early
1: Burning Hands fast. is first level, and it is oh. 3d6 fire damage. Well, there you go. But it's only a one-time fire damage, so there's mm-hmm. that. Um, let's see. And what's also interesting is it's a dex save, because usually yeah. acid and everything is kind of more like con saves, but that's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Otherworldly form. Now, this is going to apparently not be in alphabetical order, so... If you're trying to follow along, this is just how the order of the UA is. <laughs> Let's see. So it's a sixth level transmutation. Um, it's an action. It's on yourself. And it's concentration for a minute. Let's see. Uttering an incantation, you draw on the magic of the lower planes or upper planes. Your choice. To transform yourself. Uh, you gain the following benefits until the spell ends. You're immune to fire and poison damage or radiant and necrotic damage, depending on if you choose lower or upper planes. You are immune to the poison conditioned or the charm conditions. Again, lower or upper. Spectral wings appear on your back, giving you a flying speed of 40 feet. You have a plus two bonus to AC. All your weapon attacks are magical. And when you make a weapon attack, you can use your spellcasting ability modifier instead of strength or dex for the attack and damage rolls. You can attack twice instead of once when you take the attack action on your turn. You ignore this benefit if you already have a feature like extra attack that gives you extra attacks. Huh. So it's a 6th level so, spell to turn you into a Bladesinger.
0: Yeah, like I... Uh, at first I was like, oh my god. And then I remembered we're already at 6th level. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, no, this is fine. No, that's pretty cool. Like that just... It <laughs> It, I, I we reference Overwatch a lot on this, and I don't even play it anymore. But this <laughs> makes me it makes me think of like the the time that Mercy got the 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 rework where she just became like a murderous angel on yeah. her super. Yeah, essentially. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it pretty much turns you into that. That's pretty cool. I like
1: it. Yeah. So if you're again, if you're incantation upon the lower planes you're immune to fire poison and you have immunity to the poison condition and if you draw upon the upper planes you have immunity to radiant and necrotic damage and you have immune to the charmed condition so i mean honestly either one of those are really good and it's a situational spell and i love those kind of spells
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all
1: right so that's pretty cool i think that's actually really solid for a six level spell Especially Agreed. for like a war wizard, like that'd be yeah. awesome. All right, or ooh, wait, is that one okay? So, otherworldly form obviously, wizard gets it, but does warlock get it? <gasps> they uh, cleric do. Gets it. Oh, awesome. Okay, so cleric gets it, warlock gets it, uh, sorcerer, sorcerer gets even it. gets it, which that one I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Because I mean, like, not too many, you can, you can, isn't there like a demon blood one? Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah. like. As far as hitting people with swords and stuff.
0: (laughs) Oh, I am. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, but I'm excited about the Warlock having it because that means... I mean, what sucks is that it'd be a Warlock spell that doesn't bump up with you as you level up. But still, Mm -hmm. if you're a Hexblade, it's a really good spell for you. Oh, yeah. Let's see. The next one is called Spirit Shroud. Okay, so this one, I believe, is going to be... Ah, no, we're not quite there. This isn't quite one of the summoning ones. This is close, but not it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're almost there.
1: <laughs> All right, so this is a bonus action. It's on yourself, and you can concentrate up to a minute for it. You call forth spirits of the dead, which fit around you for the spell's duration. The spirits are intangible and invulnerable, and they are good or evil, your choice. Until the spell ends, an attack you may any attack you make deals an D eight extra damage when you hit a creature within ten feet of you. Ten feet of you. Okay, this damage is radiant. <sighs> if the spirits are good and necrotic, if they are evil. Any creature that takes this damage can't regen hit points until the start of your next turn. In addition, any creature of your choice that you can see that starts its turn within 10 feet of you has its speed reduced by 10 feet until the start of your next turn. That's just an AoE constant effect mm-hmm. when it's happening. Okay. And when you cast it at a higher spell slot, it's a damage increases by a D8. It's
0: kind of, you kind of turn yourself into Thunderdome.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you have a 10, ten feet just... No one come within this, or everyone come within this, because if you do, you're going to take an extra d8 of damage, and you're going to be slowed. And if you do deal damage, they can't heal.
0: Yeah, that's pretty... I like that. That's pretty do
1: any kind of mage slayer, that would be perfect spell. To yes. Be on Again, so... Also,
0: real quick, I I, I looked forward. Uh, these are in alphabetical order, uh, because everything else starts with Summon.
1: Oh, look at that. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Okay. Because I was like, wow, we're going from A to O. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's just uh, that's how, how much uh, how much summon we're dealing with.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I- I'm trying to see like what classes get this spirit shroud. Because I'm like I'm thinking, okay, that would be really cool for someone who goes up and hits. So the wizard can't learn it. Funny cleric enough. Cleric
0: can get it. Yeah. Um, I think Paladin only. Paladin can get it.
1: Yep. Paladin can get it. Third level.
0: And mm. warlock.
1: Oh, look at that. Okay, so yeah, the Paladin, Cleric, and the Warlock, the three possible sword fighty kind of peoples. That's pretty neat.
0: Not gonna lie, I might try and get that for hero if Spencer will let me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be
1: such a good yeah, I would love that. You're trapped
0: in here with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's see. So now we're going into the summon spells. So this is the pretty much the biggest chunk of the spell list here. Um for those that aren't familiar with summon spells they're actually pretty uh relaxed they're not like overpowered or anything um take it from someone who's had to you know handle several i'm gonna conjure demons at the bookstore we work at from mm-hmm. kids where it's like oh they think it's really gonna change the tide and all of a sudden it's like well they're there and they're only cr1 <laughs> so it's like okay um <laughs> But let's see. Yeah, so there's a couple of, like, already there kind of summon spells that I just want to reference real quick so you can get an idea of what was it like before. Mm-hmm. So that way when we talk about these new ones, you can kind of get an idea of, like, how they're different. So uh, something that is uh, popular amongst the kids is summon lesser demon. <laughs> Dungeons and dragons demon.
0: <laughs> what What is what, such what a... What a sentence. The one that's popular among the kids is summon demon. Yeah.
1: Um... <laughs> so how it works is that you roll on a table and that determines what appears. And it could either mm-hmm. be uh, like two demons of CR one, four of CR half or eight of CR f- one fourth. And honestly the eight of CR one fourth is almost better. But um, so the DM chooses what demons pop up, such as them, mains or dretches so you choose what flavor and you choose the unoccupied spaces you can see within range where they appear so the dm has like pretty much full control of these guys essentially um the demons are hostile to all creatures including yourself um and when you cast the spell you have a circle in the ground and it's large enough to encompass your space and if you don't leave that circle they can't target anyone within it so you're safe from the demons so this is like the ultimate if you're alone Kind of spell, mm-hmm. but if you're with your friends,
0: yeah, the, de- so that, that, the yeah, that's the that's how it that's how the original one was, correct? That's yeah, how that's how, that's yeah. how
1: the original one, and then I'm just going to mention about the conjure elementals as well. So, because they're slightly different, um, well, they're the same way. Because if you lose your concentration on like the summoned elemental, it loses its like safety net, it becomes hostile towards any creature in the area. So that's what oh, happens. Yeah, if you lose your concentration. Um, yeah,
0: Ryan Ryan Fitzgerald messaged, or, uh, tweeted at us uh, this week about uh, the gems, like the ones mm-hmm. that, like, when you break, it does the conjure elemental. That now makes me go like, okay, well, how do you do? You still have to keep concentration if you didn't technically, because it says acts as conjure elemental.
1: Yeah. So uh, conjure elemental is the spell I'm specifically referring to. It's a level five spell. Oh and, yeah. yeah. And oh, so, I I was just
0: saying to cl- to clear up for for range yeah. like so because it has to do with the concentration would you as a DM say that like if you broke that thing no one has concentration on it so it's hostile?
1: No. Um personally, I would say that the concentration is whoever broke it just like a regular magic item. It works off okay. of your your thing. That, okay. that that's how I run with it cuz that's how most magic items are. Or you I could roll. go you could go the extra magical effort and say it doesn't require any concentration checks because it is a magical item that that's its purpose
0: mm-hmm.
1: so you know that's that's a dm's choice but um the conjure elemental one is if your concentration is broken the elemental doesn't disappear instead you lose control of the elemental it becomes hostile toward you and your companions and it might attack so and it it, it can't be dismissed after you lose concentration which is the fun part but that's kind of like the danger of doing these high, higher level summoning spells, which is one of the reasons why, like, doing a conjuration wizard has always been finicky for me. Because I'm very much a team player. And if there's a possibility of me murdering my friends, I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, segueing into the new summoning kind of spells they have here. um, Something I've noticed is that particular detail. And, and I'll go into it when I read it, but... First one, summon aberrant spirit. It's a fourth level conjuration. It takes an action, so it doesn't take a minute or anything, and it concentration up to an hour.
0: Can, real quick, mm-hmm. can we go over what the component is? Oh, yeah. A, a pickled tentacle and an eyeball in a crystal vial worth 400 gold pieces.
1: So this is an aberrant spirit. <laughs> pickled tentacle is,
0: my, is the best two words next to each other. Sorry. No, it is no early. It's, it, it, and I'm no, out of it. It makes
1: sense. Like once you realize like what it is, it's like, oh, okay. I'm just
0: I'm just picturing this wizard like taking out a jar that just has a sticker's pickle tentacles like, Alright, let's get going.
1: Or one day he got his label wrong and it's actually actual pickles. <laughs> and it's like, ah oh, damn it.
0: All of a sudden he does the summoning ritual, I'm pickle rick. Oh no, no, no go away, no. <laughs>
1: So this one's fun. I might actually introduce this to my game immediately for reasons. Um, (laughs) Spencer, don't listen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You call forth a spirit from the far realm or another alien realm of madness. The spirit manifests physically in an unoccupied space that you can see within range. This corporeal form uses the aberrant spirit stat block. We'll go over that briefly. When you cast the spell, choose Beholderkin, Slotty, or Starspawn. Which, for those that don't know, Starspawn are like the Cthulhu-esque kind of people. Uh, Beholderkin are like, well, beholders. And Slotty (laughs) are these alien-type salamander-looking peoples that mostly deal with death. It's fun. Um, The creature physically resembles your choice, which also determines some of the traits in its stat block. The creature disappears when it drops to zero hit points or when the spell ends. The creature is friendly to you and your companions for the spell's duration. In combat, the creature shares your initiative count, but it takes its turn immediately after yours. <sighs> it obeys verbal commands that you issue to it, no action required by you. And if you don't issue any, it defends itself, but otherwise takes no action. And if you cast it at a higher level, at spell slot of fifth or higher, the creature assumes the higher level for the casting whenever it uses the spell's level in its stat block. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, like, if it ever has spell stuff, it pretty much... You just, like, add one, it looks like. (laughs) Yeah, because it's a fourth level, and it's, like, plus the spell's level psychic damage. Oh, okay, Mm -hmm. cool. All right, so the stat block here is interesting. So, like, I'm... Okay, before we go into that, like I mentioned, in these higher level, like, summoning things, usually if you lose concentration, it starts attacking your friends and you. It becomes hostile. This one Mm -hmm. is just... It's good for the spell's duration, and it's up to an hour or until you lose concentration.
0: So, basically, if you lose concentration, this thing just goes away.
1: It just disappears.
0: Okay. So, it's yeah, it's not like the the demon one where it's just like, all right, we're going to screw everything, or the elemental one where we're just going to screw everything up. Yeah. It's just interesting.
1: Because what happens is the way its flavor is set up, you call forth a spirit from the far realm or another alien realm of madness. The spirit oh, manifests yeah, yeah, yeah. physically. All of these
0: say spirit. That's yeah. right.
1: So, these aren't the actual things. You're, like, almost controlling a spirit more so than the actual, like, aberrant You're controlling a
0: long-dead Cthulhu.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's pretty cool thinking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, the stat block. So, the AC is 11 plus the level of the spell. So, if you cast it at fourth level, it would be 15, which isn't bad. For fourth level spell, um, hit points equal the aberrations con mod, your spellcasting ability mod, and 10 times the spell's level, which sounds about right, honestly. Um, let's see, speed is 30, fly is 30. If it's only um, the beholder kin, it can only hover, it can't fly. Let's see, it's got decent strength, con, and intelligence. Terrible charisma, I have no idea why. Um, <laughs> because it's from the far realm it's supposed to make you mad yeah that's that's its talking capabilities (laughs) it it speaks literally deep speech and it understands the languages you speak but it can't speak common (laughs) um let's see it has immunity to psychic damage which makes a lot of sense if you know anything about the far realm um they deal with madness and things that and like cthulhu-esque kind of things um We already went over the languages. It can have dark vision up to 60 feet, and it has a passive of 10, which, you know, its wisdom is zero, so that's fine. Mm -hmm. Regen. So if it's a slotty, it has the aberration regains 10 hit points at the start of its turn if it has at least one hit point. And there's no restriction on that, like if it's hit with fire, it doesn't, or anything like that. It's just regens 10 at the start of its turn. And let's see. Uh, there's the Star Spawn which is the Cthulhu guy whispering aura at the start of each of the operations turn each creature within five feet of it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw against (laughs) your spell save DC or take 3d6 psychic damage provided that they're not incapacitated so that also affects your friends it doesn't say anything about targets it just says each creature within five feet so place your Star Spawn appropriately Um, and it looks like the uh, Beholderkin doesn't get any fun uh, passive things yeah. so carrying on to the actions so the apparition makes a number of attacks equal to half this spell's level rounded down
0: oh my god
1: so right now you're casting it at fourth so right now it makes two attacks
0: um you cast this thing at like ninth level
1: <laughs> well you would never cast it at ninth level you'd only want to cast it at eighth because it's rounded down
0: no, yeah, that's true. So eight, so you get four attacks at eighth level. That's yeah, pretty
1: cool. not to mention every time you level it up, it deals more damage. Oh, Jesus. So for the Beholderkin, um, it didn't get any fun passive stuff, but let's look at its attack. So it has the Eye Ray. It's a ranged spell attack. It's three plus the spell's level to hit. So plus seven right off the bat, range 30 feet, one creature. And it's 1d8 plus three plus the spell's level. And it's all psychic damage. It's so.
0: interesting to me that the beholder can, you know, has an eye ray, and it's not a random effect like how beholders usually are.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed about like I don't feel like anyone would choose the beholder can, honestly. Yeah, uh,
0: I mean, unless like it has the highest, nope, doesn't even have the highest damage.
1: <laughs> yeah, the only benefit is that it's ranged.
0: <coughs> oh yeah.
1: That's the only benefit. Yeah, and it's like, the
0: only one that has a ranged attack.
1: Why would you call something in to just do an extra like 2d8 plus 14 damage a turn? Especially if you have 4th yeah. level spell slots at that point. You can do much more damage yourself. <laughs> um, let's see. The slotty has claws, which is 3 plus the spell's level to hit. So again, plus 7 right off the bat. It has... One target is its attack, let's see, 1d10 plus 3 plus the spell's level slashing damage. And if the target is a creature, it can't regain hit points until the start of the Aberration's next turn. Convenient. Which is fun. And also, the at the same time, so they can't regen hit points, however, the Slotty does at the start of its turn. So yeah. that already is a force to reckon with. <laughs> All right, and then there's Psychic Splam, which is the uh, star spawn. It's it's a melee spell attack, which is plus three to the spell's level. So again, plus seven if you're casting at fourth. And it's 1d6 plus three plus the spell's level psychic damage. So the nice thing about the psychic slam is that it's psychic damage. Mm -hmm. It's usually there's no resistance to that anywhere. So you can hit pretty much a lot of things with that, even other like high level creatures. They're like, no one really has that too much resistance to psychic whereas yeah. like the slashing nearly everything once you reach this level has some sort of resistance so it's like yeah it's, it's pretty nice and I don't think this classifies as magical so the slashing would be halved if it was something that required that oh yeah huh yeah mm-hmm. so that was the aberrant spirit um essentially slotty I would go the whole way depends yeah. on your party makeup but you know
0: <laughs> yeah. The, so I, I looked ahead mm-hmm. at the rest of them, and they are basically all copy-paste for the description yeah. of the spell. Everything that changes... The only thing that's <clears throat> changed is the spell components. The range and action and concentration are all the same, uh, but the only other thing that changes is, like, what you're summoning.
1: Yeah, essentially. So that's why I was talking and making a big deal earlier about, like, the current conjure whatever spells because right now they're they are stipulations to them whereas all of these summon ones uh they're like oh no if you lose concentration they go away and Mm -hmm. that's how long they they last so it's like okay cool um so let's go to the next one then we won't go over the actual reading of the spell because it's the same as before um, this one's an action. It's a range of 90 feet, which looks like this one is as the summon the, aberrant they, spirit was as well. They
0: are all one action, 90 feet.
1: Cool. So then yeah. let's just talk about the components cause those are fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, well, it is worth mentioning Yeah, the, the different levels cause the aberrant was fourth level. This one's second level. Yeah. Uh, the components is a feather, a tuft of fur, a fish tail inside a golden acorn worth at least 200 gold pieces.
1: What a request. Imagine going to the blacksmith. Can like can you uh, gild this acorn and m- get this fishtail inside of it?
0: <laughs> I like that it's all of it. Like it's not like because there's options just like the the aberrant, but like this one's like, nope, you need all of them.
1: You need, you need all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's yeah, so second level at 200 gold, I feel like that's a really steep price. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's not consumed when you do the spell. So once you have this component, you have it. Yeah. Um, And honestly, that's probably worth it for a party to consider. Like, maybe we should dump 200 gold for the wizard. Yeah. Let's see. So again, this is the same exact spell essentially as Aberrant Spirit, but instead it's bestial. So it's the spirit of a beast. The spirit manifests, let's see, in a bestial spirit stack below. Choose an environment, air, land, or water. It resembles an animal of your choice that is native to the chosen environment. All right. So the stat block, the AC is the same. It's 11 plus the spell level. However, this time it's starting at 13 instead of 17. So there you go. Or 15. So there you go. Mm -hmm. Um, The hit points is the same thing. Con mod plus spell mod plus 10 times the spells level, which right now would only be 20 plus your spell mod and con mod. Uh, Speed is 30. Climb 30, land only, Uh, fly 60 feet, air only, and swim 30 feet, water only. So like I said, there's three different land modes that you choose from. And let's see. It has pretty good strength, dex, and wisdom. It's int and charisma are dumped. <laughs> it has a minus four <laughs> oh, int.
0: Really dumped.
1: And a minus three charisma. However, the minus four int, I will mention, is not low enough for certain spells to not affect it. Like, I know, like, the like Psychic Scream requires, like, if it has an int of two or less, it doesn't get affected. But this one still can. Um, let's see. It has Senses Dark Vision 60 and Passive 12, because it has a Wisdom of plus two. Languages. It understands the languages you speak. This is a beast spirit. It does not speak. Um, <laughs> there is, let's see, a few things. There's the Amphibious, which is if you summon it as the water. The beast can breathe air and water. Uh, there's flyby which is air only the beast doesn't provoke opportunity attacks when it flies out of an enemy's reach which is similar to the yeah the owl familiar (laughs) does exactly that too um the pack tactics which is land and water the beast has advantage on attack roll against a creature if at least another beast allies within five feet so it's Hmm. similar to like goblins and wolves and all that good stuff so actions uh this isn't changed by what kind of mode you choose so it looks like only the passive stuff has changed it's Mm multi-attack which is the same thing and all of them have maul uh it's a plus four plus spells levels right now it's a plus six um it's a 1d8 plus four plus the spells level piercing damage which is pretty good damage dealing for second level
0: (sighs) that that's not a bad summon at all for a second level yeah which is probably why like uh you know the 200 gold pieces for the components are required
1: Yeah, and kind of looking at it, it looks like all the spell components uh, look like they are directly tied to the level itself because the next one is Summon Celestial Spirit. So Uh. again, it's a fifth level conjuration, cast in time, Mm -hmm. action, 90 feet. The materials in this one, a golden reliquary worth at least 500 gold. All right, sure. (laughs) All right, so this one calls a spirit from the upper planes. Uh, the corporeal form uses a celestial spirit stat block, and when you cast a spell, choose Avenger or Defender. There you go. So again, it's like from the upper realm, so celestial stuff, angels. Let's see. So, so
0: real quick, I, I googled reliquary, because I'm like, I, I've heard that word so many times, but yeah. I can't picture it well in my head. And I've clicked on images, still not really sure. It looks like a gold <laughs> religious thing. That's a, that's like the, the ba- baseline thing. They are all different things it's like
1: a <laughs> fancy box with purpose nope.
0: there's mirrors there's a hand
1: oh yeah yeah there's, <laughs> there's a
0: there's a mural i don't know
1: it has it has a lot of different options
0: <laughs> but
1: you only have to get one that costs 500 gold that's yeah, the only that's it, thing you it. gotta worry about that's it <laughs> um this stat block uh so cool news about this one there's no minus modifiers in here so that's cool. Um
0: I feel like that's what we should call these bonus episodes for UA is cool news. <laughs> yeah.
1: Let's see. So oh, this one actually has resistance to damage because it is a celestial spirit. Um it's number one strength, honestly, it's it's doesn't have anything it's super great at. It's strength and con are both 16 and Dex is 14, and charisma 16, wisdom 14. Yeah, the only thing that's at zero is int.
0: Yeah, but like impressively, like it has three things at three
1: yeah this is like what every (laughs) every person that's rolling their dice wants this stat block
0: (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i'd kill for this stat block (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. um so let's see it has a speed of 30 and fly of 40 sounds about right it's an angel um Mm -hmm. resistant to radiant it has immune to the conditioned charm and frightened Let's see, it has Dark Vision 60, passive 10, makes sense. Languages, celestial, so it can sing to you in harmonious tunes and it can understand the languages you speak. Let's see, it has multi-attack, so it's the same number thing. So number of attacks equal to half a spell's level, which right now it's at fifth, so it'd be doing two, which isn't bad. Um, let's see, it has the radiant bow, so if you have the Avenger one, uh, it's a ranged weapon attack, which is two plus the spells level to hit. So right now it's a plus seven uh, range, 150 or s- to up to 600 feet with disadvantage, <laughs> naturally. Uh, so it's a long bow. <laughs> One target hit 2d6 plus two plus the spells level radiant damage. So that's cool. So it's a bow Dang. that does radiant damage and 2d6.
0: Yeah. At 5th level, I mean, that makes sense. Well, I mean, well, it's got multi-attack, though. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: so if you just do it straight out the bat, it's 2d6 plus (sighs) 7 radiant damage. And you could do it twice if you only cast it at its 5th level. Uh, Then there's the Defender, which is radiant mace. I like these because both of these just are very plain and simple of this is what Mm -hmm. this means. And it's like Defender makes sense. It's a defending guy. Avenger makes sense. It's from far away and shoots stuff melee for the defender uh it's three plus spells level to hit it's only one target it's 1d10 plus three plus the spells level radiant damage and the celestial can choose itself or another creature it can see within 10 feet of the target the chosen creature gains temp hit points equal to the damage dealt holy shit provided it doesn't already have temp hit points that is really good okay because that's on one hit because it makes two of yeah. those hits. So all of a sudden, oh two of God. your friends that's within 10 feet of the target gets temp HP. Minimum of, let's see, because... Nine. Nine, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> um, And both of them have the option of healing touch, which is once a day. Sissel touches another creature. The target magically regens hit points equal to 2d8 plus the spell's level. So, fuck, that's yeah. Cool. That, I like that one. That one's really cool. That'd be a perfect... My chair keeps making noises. Um. (laughs) That'd be a perfect for like a cleric too. That'd be awesome. Ooh, or a paladin. Does paladin get it? It should. Let's see. Paladin. Summon celestial spirit. There we go.
0: That's the only summon they get. That is perfect.
1: Yeah. No, oh my God. That celestial spirit will totally buff them like crazy, which is great. Let's see. So up next, the elemental spirit. So same thing. It's a fourth level conjuration. An action, 90 feet. The materials... Air, a pebble, <laughs> ash, and water inside a crystal vial worth at least 400 gold.
0: <laughs> I I want to know who's having trouble finding air. <laughs> is, this, is this a yeah. spell jammer session? <laughs> Actually, no. Go watch a video. You'll find out.
1: <laughs> so that one's fun. Um, so pretty much you just got to get, you know, the four avatar elements in there and then there you go. <laughs> And that one would probably, aside from the the pebble just kind of rattling around in there, that one looks the most like wizard spellcasty thing because yeah. it's in a it's in a crystal vial. Um, so this is a spirit from the elemental planes. Let's see, this uh, when you cast a spell, choose an element: air, earth, fire, or water. Uh, they physically resemble a vaguely humanoid form wreathed in the chosen element. So, oh, like a, like an archon from like Skyrim. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, which also determines its tra- its traits in the stat block. Okay. So let's look at that stat block. Let's see. Its AC is 11 plus the level of the spell, which again is fourth right now if you cast it at the minimum, which would be 15, just like the aberration one. Um, its speed is 40 feet, which is really fast. Um, fly is 40 feet uh, if it's the air. It can hover. Uh, burrow, 40 feet if it's the earth. And swim, 40 feet if it's water let's see it's stats are pretty neat uh its strength is the highest one it's 18 con is next at 17 it's charisma is pretty good too but it's a elemental spirit so that's pretty neat kind of sorcery kind of feel Mm -hmm. um it's int is definitely a dump stat it's only at a four with a negative four mod so there you go um just like elemental uh, things, they all they have resistances depending on which one you choose. So like if it's air, it has resistance to lightning and thunder. If it's earth, it has resistance to piercing and slashing. And if it's water, it has resistance to acid. Interesting that it doesn't also have resistance to fire. But uh, that's fire mm. works differently and weird in D&D versus like Pokemon and stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> um, the fire one uh, has immunity to fire. And all of them have immunity to poison. Let's see. Makes sense. Yeah, because most, I believe, elementals do just have straight immunity to poison anyways. So Um, the condition immunities, all of them have immunity to the exhaustion, paralyzed, petrified, poisoned, and unconscious immunity, like conditions. Mm -hmm. So you can't make these guys go to sleep. You can't make them paralyzed. You can't give them levels of exhaustion. And you can't petrify him, which is pretty nice. Let's see. They all have dark vision 60 feet, passive 10, which makes sense. Their wisdom is zero. Languages, primordial. So if you want to hear that babbling brook, the fire breath, and, I don't know, pebbles on a rock, <laughs> you can speak with them. Um, however, they do understand the languages you speak, so you can just talk to them like normal. Let's see. So these... the. Air, fire, and water, so everything except the earth one, has this called amorphous form. The elemental can move through a space as narrow as one inch wide without squeezing. Oh, wow. I'm surprised that they didn't give that to the earth one, too, because can't the earth just sh- turn into, like, loose dirt and just kind of filter through?
0: Or, like, mud?
1: Yeah, why not? Hmm. Um, but, let's see, they only have one action, and it's slam... Um, it, again, it has a multi-attack just like the other yep. summon spirits. This one is <sighs> melee attack plus four plus spells level to hit. So right now, plus eight. Um, see, it's one target and it's 1d10 plus four plus the spells level bludgeoning damage. Earth, air, and water only or fire damage for the fire elemental. So it can de- deal either a 1d10 plus four plus the spell level for bludgeoning or 1d10 plus four plus the spells level fire damage those are your options not bad especially if you're going into a situation again i'm really enjoying the versatility of all of these spells so far because that's like one of my favorite things and one of the reasons why i really like the artificer is all the versatility and it's one of the reasons why i like the bard so much so I'm, i'm enjoying these Right. Does the Bard get any of
0: these summons? They get... Uh, they get They get Summon Face Spirit, which is up next. Yeah, they get this, this Face Spirit one. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I did that on purpose, but I didn't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, f- summon Face Spirit is a third level uh, conjuration. This one's components again is the same casting and range. A
0: gilded flower worth at least three hundred gold pieces. If you don't already have that on you at third level as a bard, I don't know what you're barding for.
1: Yeah, you're you're barding wrong. <laughs> you're barding wrong. <laughs> um, you can just imagine having like the full like floppy hat and like the, the gilded flower just in the hat and they just pluck it. And they cast no, no, with no, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm picturing uh, uh, the, the freaking the, the hacker from Last Jedi with this giant freaking flower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm inconspicuous.
1: Yeah, don't mind me. Don't, don't worry about the thing you noticed as you first laid eyes on me. <laughs> so this one calls forth the spirit from the Feywild, in case that wasn't clear. Um, yeah, so you can choose a mood. Not a form. You choose a mood: deceitful, furious, or joyful.
0: Big mood.
1: Yeah, it resembles either a satyr, a dryad, or an elf. Your choice, marked by the chosen mood. So that's pretty cool. So you can choose like an Eladrin, which is furious, and so they'd be like all red and in their like summer mode. It'd be pretty cool. Um, fae spirit. So they're small. Oh my God, they're a small fae. Everything so far has been medium, I believe. Let me just um, double check because I didn't check. look at that. Oh, celestial spirit oh. is large yeah bestial spirit is small as well i didn't even look at the size i don't know why and the (laughs) aberrant is medium so yeah these have all been different sizes let's see okay so the ac is 11 plus the level of a spell which right now would be 14 um and the hit points is the same thing as last time speed is 40 feet that's it um (laughs) let's see this one also is similar to the celestial where it doesn't have any minuses um it just doesn't have as many great stats all of them are generally really good and like i wouldn't complain about this stat array um strength is 13 dex 16 con 14 int 14 wisdom 11 and charisma 16 there's Ooh. yeah it's it's a pretty good stat array <laughs> um it has immunity to being charmed naturally it's a fey spirit uh it has dark vision 60 feet passive 10 it can speak Sylvan, so for once you get a language that you could probably speak back to it if yeah. you're if you're an elf of some sort, and it understands languages you speak. I do like that they fit that in there. That it's like, oh yeah, it just it just knows what you're trying to tell them. Um, it has a bonus action, fae step. The fae can wow. magically teleport up to thirty feet to an unoccupied space you can see. It as a free misty step, essentially. That's pretty cool. On each of its turns, <clears throat> yeah. Which 100%. If you're summoning this fae spirit, you should be using that every single turn because <laughs> that'd be pretty cool mm-hmm. um, and it has darkening step if you're deceitful um, immediately after using its face step they can fill a five foot cube within five feet of it with magical darkness which remains until the end of the phase next turn
0: oh it's like the, how the Aladrin work in uh, mordekainen where depending on what kind they are they can do something different mm-hmm. after their face step that's cool
1: yeah, um, the joyful one has ecstatic step. Immediately after using its face step, the fey can choose a creature can see and force it uh, within 10 feet and force it to succeed a wisdom saving throw or be charmed by the fey for one minute. The charm ends if the Fae or any of its companions deal any damage to the target. So there's no they have advantage if you're fighting against it or anything. This is just straight up it fey steps and a creature can see within 10 feet of it can be charmed. Which is pretty neat. Uh, mm-hmm. Powerful, I think, enough for the Fae. I think that's that's reasonable. Oh, yeah. Um, in Passioned Step, there's the Furious one. Uh, immediately after using its Fae Step, the Fae has advantage on the next attack roll it makes before the end of its turn.
0: I'm really sad that the Furious one didn't make it move faster, so it was the Fast and the Furious.
1: Oh, missed opportunity, Wizards. <laughs> 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 um, the has two actions. Uh, well, it has one action, I... Reading the multi-attack is one of them. Uh, again, the multi-attack is the same thing as everything else. Uh, short sword. It has a good... The spirit comes up with a sword. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just I just realized what that was. Because everything so far has been spirit like... sword. Part of them. Except the celestial, I guess, had a bow. But... And a mace. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah.
1: But that one's like an angel. Like, that makes sense. But this is just like a face... I don't know. <laughs> so, this is... Attack three plus a spell's level, reach five fit, and one target. Um, its damage is one d six plus three plus a spell's level, piercing, plus 1D6 one d six force damage.
0: Wow, that's pretty sweet.
1: Yeah, so two d six plus four, five, six, seven, plus seven minimum, so seven, eight. That's nine For minimum. For a third damage. level
0: spell, that's not bad.
1: Yeah, that's that's not bad at all. Um, so that's the Fey one. That can again, that one's really versatile as far as like how you're feeling and how the party needs help because definitely you can use a lot of control running around with the ecstatic step and the impassioned yeah. step. I mean, like, that's just advantage. It, it, it makes you be able to... You can you can get either a striker, a support, or what was the deceitful one? I mean, that's another support. It just makes them not mm-hmm. be able to see, which is really good. The only downside is that you wouldn't be able to see either. I don't know. That one...
0: Maybe. I like it personally, like like thinking of this in terms of like a bard using it, I think oh, this yeah. is a great
1: one. That would also be really helpful for breaking sight lines. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. because like they could like face step close to your wizard and when went after they just went, if initiative helps. and just like, oh yeah, darkness right there. And so the wizard has protection from anything that they have to see. So moving on. Um, this next one is the fiendish spirit. It's a sixth level conjuration. So I think this is the next to the celestial one, the highest one. Um, it's a big boy. Yeah, it is a big boy. Okay. This one, <laughs> this component is, is, you know, fitting. Um, it's, the material is humanoid blood inside a ruby vial worth at least 600 gold.
0: Blood for the blood God.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs>
0: It's nice, you can have it up on your mantle, show it off, it's a talking
1: piece. (laughs) Um, So it's from the lower planes, essentially, it's a fiendish spirit. Uh, Let's see, when you cast a spell, choose demon, devil, or yugoloth. Wow, I like how you could choose either one of those. You
0: can get a yugoloth? Oh, that's pretty sweet.
1: The creature physically resembles a fiend of the chosen type, which also determines some of its traits in its stat block. Okay, so I like that it wasn't just restricted to demon or devils that that's that's neat yeah um let's see what happens with that whole yugoloth situation in there because uh oh i'm looking ahead i'm a little disappointed anyways we'll get in there <laughs> <laughs> so it's a large uh, fiend um and its orientation of chaotic or lawful or neutral is determined on what flavor you chose um its ac is the same it's 11 plus a level um, and let's see the hit points the same speed 40 climb 40 feet if it's a demon fly 60 feet if it's a devil so interesting mm-hmm. um, strength wow these numbers are interesting I wouldn't have picked those let's see strength is 13 dex is 16 con 15 int and whiz is only 10 and charisma is 16
0: Hmm.
1: it's like I feel like it's as if these stat blocks were chosen for saves <laughs> because yeah
0: which they don't have any of so yeah
1: i don't know it's it's funky i don't i feel like for six no no wait
0: wait 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 wait. this is magic resistance the fiend has advantage on saving throws against spells Ah. uh and other magical effects see
1: there it is all right yeah Allie, keep reading (laughs) (laughs) let's see so damage resistance all of them have resistances to fire and all of them are immune to poison and the poisoned condition, which makes sense. They're fiends. Um, their languages, Abyssal, Infernal, and Telepathy, up to 60 feet.
0: Uh, that would be the yugoloth
1: Yeah. So all three of them get those languages. Uh, the Magic Resistance, like Trevor mentioned, yeah, that's that's the kicker. That's what makes this sixth level. Well...
0: So I'm looking... I went back and looked at, you know, the copy-paste description of the spells. It doesn't say anything about their saving throws. Like, it doesn't say it uses your stats or anything. Oh, yeah, no. This is
1: just like a regular monster stat block. If it doesn't have any saving throws right underneath the ability scores, then you just add the ability score.
0: Interesting. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Which, I mean, like, maybe that might be changed later, but... yeah. (laughs) Especially since everything is based off of the spell you cast it off already. Why not have that also be a thing? Mm I don't know. Um, Let's see. So it's got that magic resistance. It has for the demon, death throws. When the fiend drops to zero hit points or the spell ends, ooh, or the spell ends, the Mm -hmm. fiend explodes. And each creature within 10 feet of it must make a deck save against your spell save DC. A creature it's takes like death
0: rattle in uh, hearthstone.
1: Yeah. A creature takes 2d 10 plus the spells level fire damage on a failed safe or half as much damage on a successful one. So that's um, handy. You could actually really position that pretty well. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. And then then that devil gets devil's sight. Magical darkness doesn't impede the fiend's dark vision. Oh, so that's sick. that's pretty cool. I always like devil's sight and playing with that especially as being like a Pact to the Chain warlock, just having that mm-hmm. imp. <laughs> um, up next is the action. So again, all of them have the multi-attack, which is equal to half the spell's level rounded down. Um, the demon has bite, which is three plus the spell's level to hit, which is right now plus nine if you cast it at sixth. Uh, one target, 1d12 plus three plus the spell's level necrotic damage. That's a big bite
0: it's a big bite
1: no, d12 for bite that's kind of a lot <laughs> <laughs>
0: well this is a six level spell it makes sense
1: yeah it's like it feels like as if they're just trying to catch up with it instead of like doing something else anyways mm. uh claws which is the yugoloth only this is pretty much the only thing the yugoloth gets uh melee weapon attack three plus the spells level to hit one target and the hit is 1d8 plus three plus the spells level slashing damage Immediately after the attack hits or misses, the fiend can magically teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space it can see.
0: Yeah, that's that Arcana Lothi right there.
1: Yeah. The only thing I wish was that it could do more than that. Like, it could take a friend or someone well, willing. Oh,
0: uh, yeah. that w- I guess that would kind of make sense because, yeah, like... You know, you lost are more than just Arcanoloth, but I think that's what they're kind of going for in this. Yeah. And, but like an Arcanoloth whole thing is like either casting spells or making deals.
1: Yeah, and so, there's no spells in this. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I like that it at least gave it a spell like ability. Yeah. So, it it gave it a cool.
1: chance to to just pop out of there. Um and it's after it either hits or misses too. So even if you miss, yeah. you could just leave. Let's see, there's Hurl Flame, which is the devil gets this one. Um, it's a ranged spell attack, and a range ranges 150. <laughs> it hits one target, and the damage is 2d6 plus 3 plus the spell's level fire damage. If the target is a flammable object, I like that, that isn't being worn <laughs> or carried, it also catches fire. So if they want to hit, like, a door, the door will catch fire.
0: It is not magic fire. <laughs> no, it is not magic fire. It is just fire.
1: Let's see. So I'm just taking a look at the ones that are left. And there's only a couple left. Okay.
0: Yeah, we, we've got uh, Shadow Spirit and Undead
1: Spirit. Yeah. So the Shadow Spirit, the it's a third level conjuration. The material for this one, um, it's tears inside a crystal vial worth at least 300 gold. That's some Ravenloft shit right there. Oh, my God. <laughs> How goth do you want to be here? <laughs> <laughs> um so when you cast the spell, choose an emotion: fury, despair, or fear. Okay, um, it resembles a misshapen humanoid, marked by the chosen emotion, which also determines the traits. Um, and looking at its stat block, it has pretty decent stats. Its INT again is a minus <laughs> four, but aside from that, its highest is its Dex and Charisma at sixteen, which isn't mm. bad. Let's see. So Shadow Spirit, it has resistance to necrotic damage. It's immune to being frightened. Um, It's dark vision 120 feet, which is more than the 60. Everything else has gotten languages. Common. It can speak common, guys. Hey. The rest of your party can hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It understands the languages you speak. So, uh, oh my God, I just realized what this could be. So it can actually speak to you guys back. Yep. All right. So I can can see where this one's going. Um, The spirit has advantage on attack rolls against frightened creatures. So it's the fury mood or emotion, I suppose, not mood. Um, Shadow stealth, uh, the fear emotion. While in dim light or darkness, the spirit can take the hide action as a bonus action. And if it's despair, any beast or humanoid other than you starts its turn within five feet of the spirit. Its speed is reduced by 20 feet until the start of that beast or humanoid's next turn.
0: Yeah, that one's called a weight of ages.
1: That's pretty cool. I like the flavor on that. Um, they all have a multi-attack. And let's see. They all have Chilling Rend, which is three plus spells level to hit one target. And it's 2d8 plus three plus spells level cold damage. So it's kind of like a ghost.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and they all have Dreadful Scream, which is once a day. Um, the spirit screams. <laughs> Big mood. Each creature within 30 <laughs> feet of it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC. Um, or be frightened of the spirit for a minute. The frightened creature can repeat the saving throw and it ends on a success. So again, you got to position them just right because that can hit your allies. Mm-hmm. But it is fast. Its dex is a plus three. It has dark vision. It can be stealthy. This can be a good spy. This can be a really oh, good scout. yeah. This can be a really good That's scout. True. Um, there's no range for it, kind of similar to like other original summoning kind of spells where it's like if they're within they have to keep within 40 feet of you or something like that it's like nope this one can just fuck off for an hour and come back
0: that's true
1: the only thing is is that you'd have to maintain talking with it so like if you combine with a wizard (laughs) follow me here and they cast rary's telepathic bond it's just creatures that they see they don't have to be like so if you summon this spirit they're technically a medium monstrosity so you can hmm. telepathically commune with it for as long as Ray's telepathic bond is commutes with it, because otherwise it only obeys. That, well, it says that, in combat it obeys verbal commands that you issue to it.
0: It does, that, but that does sound like some uh, some player bullshit that they would try to argue.
1: Yeah, <laughs> immediately, me as the DM, I'm like trying to figure my way around this, and I'm like, mm, <laughs> I know for a fact my players will immediately. Um, so the next one is the undead spirit, which I mean, like, it sounds like it should have been one of the original ones. Um, yep. Let's see. It's third level necromancy, not conjuration. So this one's just straight up. No, we're summoning a ghost. Um, the material is a gilded humanoid skull worth at least 300 gold.
0: <laughs> that is, that's a talking piece. Yeah. That's, that's going on my coffee table.
1: Yeah. That one is for your necromancers out there. It's like, hey, you want to be Shakespeare, but also summon spirits. <laughs> Hold up the skull.
0: (laughs) So. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I I read ahead and was confused. (laughs) All right.
1: When you cast a spell, choose the form ghostly, putrid, or skeletal. It resembles a humanoid with the chosen form, which also determines some of the traits in its stat block. So. Okay. Let's see.
0: I love the idea of a a skeleton spirit. What?
1: (laughs) I know. That's what what I'm like. (laughs) The, the wording spirit here, now that I've kind of read through most of these, it's like, I don't know if that was the exact right, like, word. Well,
0: well when we, after we're done this one, I, I will give my uh, the, the, my tinfoil hat theory on that.
1: <laughs> okay. Um. So, the AC is 11 plus a spell. Um, The hit points is the same thing as the other ones. Speed is 30, fly is 40, uh, but that's only for ghosts, just to let you know. Um. Let's see. Ghost only. Yeah. <laughs> only i know i do like those little <laughs> blurbs um let's see the strength is 12 dex thir- is plus three con is plus two int is minus four and wisdom's 10 charisma's minus one they are undead so let's see damage immunities they are undead they are immune to being necrotic and poison and they're immune to being exhaustion frightened paralyzed poisoned conditions so th- it's undead stuff Mm -hmm. um their dark vision is only 60 feet passive is 10 language is common they can speak guys you can have a skeleton that hangs out with you
0: (laughs) (laughs) this skeleton ghost walks up hey guys how's it going
1: it's like oh hang on what the (laughs) fuck are you (laughs) I'm bob (laughs) your normal zombie can't speak but these guys can (laughs) exactly Oh my god, and a ghost can talk to you too. Okay, so there, <laughs> ghosts uh, have incorporeal movement. The undead can become incorporeal while moving and pass through other creatures and objects as if they were difficult terrain.
0: Wait, so you're telling me the other spirits can't?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All
1: right. Yeah. Um. If it ends its turn inside an object, it's shunted to the nearest unoccupied space and takes force damage for every five feet traveled, which is just like what happens with any other incorporeal movement. I like
0: the idea that this ghost is like, yeah, well, I'm more ghostly than you all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the most ghost.
1: <laughs> most ghost.
0: <laughs> most ghost. <laughs> if
1: you don't call your ghost most ghost, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> um, festering aura is, is if you choose the putrid um, form. Any creature other than you... That starts its turn within five feet of the undead. Must succeed a con saving throw against your spell save DC or be poisoned until the start of its next turn. I like how they specify other than you, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because no one else, no other spirit has done that when it has like AOE stuff that happens passively. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's see. The other one doesn't get anything. I forgot what the other one was already. (laughs) Skeletal. Skeletal. Yeah, the skeleton doesn't get any passive stuff. Um they all have multi-attack. The ghost gets deathly touch. Um it's a melee attack, three plus what spells level to hit one creature. The hit is one D eight plus three plus the spells level necrotic, and the creature must succeed in a wisdom save or be frightened of the undead until the end of the target's next turn.
0: It's only the undead. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um Grave Bolt, which is for the skeleton. It's a ranged spell attack, which is 3 plus spells level to hit. Range is 150. One target hit um, 2d8 plus 3 plus the spells level necrotic damage. So again, it's like... I feel like as if they threw some of these guys in here just for the fact of having range. Yeah. Like, they didn't really, like, give them anything fun. It's like, oh, its benefit is that it is ranged.
0: And it's like, it's not even a skeletal archer. It's a grave bolt. Like, I don't... Okay.
1: Like, okay, sure. (laughs) Like, I saw... Uh, an episode of Castlevania last night where it was like a skeletal demon dude who is firing stuff using bones. But like, <laughs> I don't... Yeah,
0: those those guys are just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Let me jump on this platform. I don't keep throwing my bones at you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, and then there's the last one is the Rotting Claw, which is the putrid only uh, form. Uh, let's see. So it's a melee attack. It's three plus a spell's level to hit and it's one target. The hit is 1d6 plus 3 plus the spell's level, slashing. And if the target is poisoned, it must succeed in a con saving throw against your spell to save DC or be paralyzed until the end of its next turn. And it, already, if the putrid is up in melee, um, any creature that starts its turn within 5 feet of the undead already has to do con saving throws mm-hmm. or be poisoned. So there's a good chance that you're just always going to constantly position this putrid form all up in their faces.
0: Yeah. Um, so that is the end of the uh of the spell part of it, which uh only took an hour to go through. Yeah. Um mini episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> mini episode, yeah. Uh, well we said bonus episode, it's not bonus. mini. we, yeah, it's we bonus nothing episode. about mini. Um but yeah, so my my tinfoil hat theory on this, this is from uh Theros.
1: That's what you were saying earlier, yeah. It's... like
0: the the I Theros is one of my favorite Magic the Gathering sets, and mm-hmm. there was so much about spirits and auras and summoning stuff that this has gotta be from Theros. My um, only
1: counter to that is it's already so close to its release that like I don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, we haven't heard that the books have been printed yet.
1: True. But usually when they do the UA it's like I imagine well, think about
0: Think about uh um, I mean it was a while ago. But I mean I don't know because it, it was like
1: last year around September when they released the classes for the Theros book, right? It's true. Yeah.
0: But I think the fact that these are all spirits and it's coming out, you know, the the we have a Theros book coming out. It's I I think that's that's too coincidental to yeah. be working on something else.
1: And I mean, honestly, from a DM perspective none of these feel overpowered. None of them Mm -hmm. feel like they're underpowered too much. Like some of them are worse off than others, but for the levels that they're cast at, it's totally worth it. And for the material restriction as well, um, I think that's that's pretty worth it to have in your game. Like I'm really tempted personally to just have these be in my game that players can like find like in a spell trove or something like that, because that Mm -hmm. would be really cool. Like these spells I'm totally down for.
0: Yeah. Um well now since we are now halfway through this. <laughs> yeah, this
1: one's not going to be as like crazy because it's not like 90 different things. It's it's just one cool thing.
0: <laughs> well, there are different types of the tattoos though. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so Magic tattoos. Uh, Blending magic and artistry with ink and needles, magic tattoos imbue their bearers with wondrous effects and abilities. Magic tattoos are initially bound to magic needles, which transfer their magic to a creature. The designs of magic tattoos vary greatly in appearance depending on who created it, but they share general characteristics that hint at the effect of the tattoo. Once inscribed on a creature's skin, damage or injury doesn't impair the tattoo's function, even if the tattoo is defaced. The rarer a magic tattoo is, the more space it occupies on a creature's skin. The magic tattoo coverage table offers guidelines for how large a given tattoo is. Oh, wow.
0: Yep. Common is up to six inches. Uh, uncommon is half a limb or the scalp. Rare is one whole limb. Very rare, two limbs or the chest or uh, upper back. And legendary is two limbs and the torso.
1: Okay, cool. I like how they actually specific, like specify that. Yeah. Because it's, like, common. It's, like, up to six inches. I could have, like, a little hummingbird on my shoulder. I
0: Yeah, no, I I, I do enjoy that because, like like we said earlier, my Pathfinder character has Arcane Tattoo as a feat and stuff. Mm-hmm. But all of that really... It's all mechanical. Like, there's no flavor there. Yeah. It's just, you have a tattoo, and it lets you cast a spell. Yep. Yep.
1: And, and there's no real specifications about it. And speaking of, this one actually offers a variant to those kind of concepts. Uh, it's body modification. These items need needn't be limited to just tattoos they can instead be presented as other body mods such as brands sacrification birthmarks patterns of scales or any other cosmetic skin adornment like or that. alteration consider the object a magical body modification is bound to instead of tattoo needles such as branding irons or enchanted jack scales that's, that's pretty cool that's
0: really cool i really yeah. like that
1: so the magic tattoos are presented in alphabetical order they follow the rules for magic items as presented in the dmg so, uh, let's see. It's alphabetical. It's not going by rarity. So, this one will will tell you which one it is. Mm-hmm. So the Absorbing Tattoo. It's very rare. So, this tattoo incorporates designs that emphasize one color more than others. While a tattoo is on your skin, you have resistance to a type of damage associated with that color, as shown on the table below. The DM chooses the color or determines it randomly. And I'm assuming, yep, it's like the, it's like the dragons. It's,
0: it's a D10 uh, table, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Oh, cool. Orange is thunder damage. <laughs> I was just looking yeah. through them all. Um. Gold is radiant. Silver is psychic. So you can have more than just the regular elements on here, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Um. The damage absorption. When you take damage of the chosen type, you can use a reaction to gain immunity against that instance of the damage, and you regain a number of hit points equal to half the damage you would have taken. Ooh. Yeah. Once this reaction is used, it can't be used again until the next dawn. So it's once per day. Which, Still really good. Yeah. Isn't bad at all. Um,
0: Take a breath weapon and... (laughs)
1: Hey, yeah. Uh, To attune to this item, you hold the needle to your skin where you want the tattoo to appear. Pressing the needle there throughout the attunement process. When the attunement is complete, the needle turns into the ink that becomes the tattoo, which appears on the skin. If you have multiple magic tattoos, they count as a single magic item with regard to the number of items you can attune to. If your attunement to the tattoo ends, the tattoo vanishes and the needle reappears in the closest unoccupied space to you. So, so
0: that one that gets repeated throughout all of these, but yeah. I'm a little disappointed about that. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's handy for like making it so a magic tattoo can be an item found in the world, but that's kind of like disappointing in terms of like,
1: you can unattune actual... to it.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's but not, not permanent. Just... Yeah. But not just that, but it's like the whole, like, like thing about getting a tattoo like you know like there are cultures that have a ritual to doing like having a tattoo done and so it's a little disappointing that they didn't include that and it's very high fantasy just oh you found a magic needle and it puts a tattoo on you until you don't want it anymore
1: yeah essentially what if i'm reading it right you essentially just kind of like hold the needle into your skin you don't like do anything with it you just kind of hold it there
0: yeah and
1: then after an hour which is the attunement time it Becomes a tattoo on your skin.
0: I mean, they may as well have just been like, you found a piece of paper that has a flaming skull on it. If you put some water on the paper and slap it on your skin,
1: <laughs> you See, can cast okay.
0: fireball.
1: Honestly, that kind of makes more sense than the new. It thing. really does. Because that one it's like it's and then it's reusable. And then you the yeah. like when you unattune to it, like the tattoo falls off in a sheet of paper. <laughs> So, whoever's like, it. who wants the flaming skull next? Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm fine. I got the hot rod.
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, I've got a bunny. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, I don't know, I don't know about how the attunement works. It's, I
0: yeah, I mm, we'll keep going.
1: Yeah, I would, I would adjust that personally. Um, barrier tattoos. So the rarity varies, um, and again, it requires attunement. But as we talked about it, um, all if you attune to multiple tattoos, it's all counts as one attunement slot so there you go Uh, this tattoo depicts protective imagery and uses ink that resembles liquid metal while you aren't wearing armor the tattoo grants you an armor class depending on the tattoo's rarity you can use a shield and still gain this benefit so they're trying to tell you that this AC stacks Um, so if you're a barbarian (laughs) this would be really nice let's see so AC uh, uncommon is 12 plus your dex rare is 15 plus your dex Uh, maximum of plus two, weirdly. It's like medium Mm. armor. And very rare. Your AC is just a flat 18. Mm -hmm. So this takes place of the, like, armor. You don't have to wear armor. This would
0: be really good for a barbarian.
1: Yeah. Um, Kind of. It depends on their ability stats because if their dex and con are better, like if they have a con of zero, maybe not.
0: Okay, it would be it's really good for a monk.
1: Yeah, or even a warlock. Mm-hmm. Because like warlock who can cast mage armor, have this on them and also let's see, yeah. have a shield and be a hexblade.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. All of
1: a sudden they're a tank.
0: It's true.
1: And a fast one at that.
0: Uh there is a rule tip at the bottom of this one for AC calculations, uh, don't stack. When uh, the game gives you more than one way to calculate your armor class, you can uh, use only one of them. You choose the one you use. That's what I so, was saying with the barbarian.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. the So... Yeah, the, the, they say it stacks with the shield in the description, but yeah, you can't, like, slap this on and then be like, all right, and I've got plate armor, freaking 36 AC, let's go! <laughs> 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 yeah, it don't work like that. <laughs> no. That's another one of those, like, I see a player, like, trying to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was that one. Again, the mm. uh, attunement is the same as the last. Um, yep. Up next, Coiling Grasp tattoos. So this one's uncommon. Uh, this tattoo has long intertwining designs. While a tattoo is on your skin, you can, as an action, cause a tattoo to extrude into inky tendrils, which reach for a creature you can see within 15 feet of you. They have to succeed on a DC 14 strength save or take 3d6 force damage and be grappled by you. As an action, the creature can escape the grapple by succeeding on a DC 14 athletics or d acrobatics check the grapple also ends if you halt it Uh, the creature is ever more than 15 feet away from you or if you use this tattoo on a different creature it stops Uh, so I this is big Mikolash vibes from uh, Bloodborne (laughs) I'm I'm just saying that right now (laughs) oh yeah because it's just you just give a big old whale and then you just hit someone with the tentacle
0: (laughs) you know an average Sunday
1: yeah Um, The next one is also uncommon. It's called Eldritch Claw Tattoo. This tattoo depicts claw-like forms and other jagged shapes. While the tattoo is on your skin, your unarmed strikes are considered magical for the purpose of overcoming immunity and resistance to non-magical attacks. And you gain a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls with unarmed strikes. Um, As a bonus action, you can empower the tattoo for one minute. For the duration, each of your melee weapon attacks can reach up to a target 30 feet away from you. As tendrils of ink launch from your weapon or unarmed strike towards the target. In addition, your melee weapon attacks yield an extra 1d6 force damage on a hit. This is a once per day action.
0: Oh, okay. That makes more sense.
1: <laughs> I was about to say, like, cool for monks, because I'm, like, trying to figure it out. But I don't know if... the I mean, it's your unarmed strikes. It's not saying it gives you a different weapon. Mm-hmm. So it can still be your monk weapon, which is pretty cool. Um, Blood Fury Tattoo. This is a legendary one. So this covers both arms and the chest. It's just a full everything. Uh, this tattoo evokes fury in its form and colors. While this tattoo is on your skin, you gain the following benefits. Your attack rolls score a critical hit on a d20 roll of 19 or 20. When you score a critical hit against a creature, that target takes an extra 4d6 necrotic damage, and you gain a number of temp hit points equal to the necrotic damage dealt. Wow. Not half, but equal. Uh, mm-hmm. When a creature you can see damages you, you can use a reaction to make a melee attack against that creature with advantage on your attack roll.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah, that one's pretty insane, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is legendary, so it's kind of accurate uh, with how powerful it is so for those dms that are like oh that would be really cool again this is a legendary thing (laughs) yeah (laughs) like you wouldn't just give like a sphere of annihilation to a player at like level four (laughs) or would you (laughs) (laughs) and again there's a rule tip here of temporary hit points don't stack so if you got like temporary hit points of four and uh you you hit again and you only got a temporary hit points of three that Mm. doesn't add up to seven it's still You'd choose which one you'd want, which you'd probably go for four. Next one. The Illuminator's Tattoo. It's a common one. Uh, this tattoo contains beautiful calligraphy, images of writing implements, and the like. Uh, for nerds, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> while this tattoo is on your skin, you can write with your fingertip as if it were an ink pen that never runs out of ink. Oh my god, I Roland would love, love this. That. <laughs> um, as an action, you can touch a piece of writing up to one page in length and speak a creature's name. The writing becomes invisible to everyone other than you and the named creature for the next 24 hours. Either of you can dismiss the invisibility by touching the script. Uh, Once used, this action can't be used again until the next dawn.
0: That's freaking cool. Mm -hmm. That is so freaking cool.
1: Yeah, so that's that's such a neat... Like I would throw that out to any scribe in the like, party.
0: <laughs> like imagine like uh, a a person having that tattoo and they've grown out like one of their fingernails to be like a, uh, a a fountain tip pen. Yeah, so that they can write with it. That's so cool.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty damn awesome. I'm just imagining tattoos all over like the fingers, mm-hmm. just like on each finger. So it's like when you like hold a pencil, it kind of almost morphs into one.
0: It's yeah, like,
1: yeah. That, that that one's a really neat one. I like it.
0: That is, I like that one a lot.
1: Um, this next one is called the Life Well Tattoo. It's a rare one. This tattoo comprises symbols of life and rebirth. While this tattoo is on your skin, you have resistance to necrotic damage. Um, also, it has death ward. When you would be reduced to zero hit points, you drop to oh one God. hit point instead. Once used, this benefit can't be used until the next dawn. Wow. So once a day, right. you just have death ward and resistance that, to necrotic damage.
0: I've had a few uh, characters that needed that.
1: Yeah, it's Heck, like... Uh,
0: St. James's character Uthol needs that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that one that one's pretty powerful. And it's it's only rare too, which is yeah. decent. And so that would that would be a that'd be a good one for those higher level spells. Uh, the next one, Ghost Ooh. Step Tattoo. It's another rare one. This tattoo shifts and wavers on the skin, parts of it appearing blurred. The tattoo has three charges and it regains all expended charges daily at dawn. As a bonus action while a tattoo is on your skin you can expend one of the tattoo's charges to become incorporeal until the end of your next turn. Whoa! For the duration, you gain the following benefits. You have resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks. You can't be grappled or restrained. You can move through creatures and solid objects as if they were difficult terrain. If you end your turn in a solid object, you take D10 force damage and you are shunted, taking a D10 force damage for every five feet traveled. So that's... Pretty cool, like the fact that you become that, incorporeal for that the full seems six seconds. Pretty
0: crazy for just a rare.
1: Yeah, like that's really neat. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, the next one, masquerade tattoo.
0: Masquerade. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: uh this tattoo it's a common one so it's, it's small uh, this tattoo appears on your skin as whatever you desire <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you can't have that little butterfly on the ankle um you know why a,
0: you know why because because it's a masquerade and they're, they're going with the the mardi gras vibes and you know yeah. people just get crazy tattoos oh, yeah. during that time
1: um, as get, a bonus get, action you can shape the tattoo into any color or pattern and move it to any area of your skin Uh, Whatever form it takes, it is always obviously a tattoo. It can range in size from no smaller than a copper piece to an intricate work of art that covers all your skin. Oh, disguise disguise self. self. As an action, you can use the tattoo to cast the disguise self spell. Once the spell is cast from the tattoo, it can't be cast from the tattoo again until the next dawn.
0: That's really cool. Mm -hmm. I really like that.
1: Yeah, so, so far
0: my two favorite ones of these have just been like utility spells and mm-hmm. like utility things I like it
1: I do like that it's always obviously a tattoo that they put that in there so you can't just say oh yeah I don't look like this I look like this yeah. person it's like no did you use the actual action disguise self it's like or?
0: Um, I'm a green man now well no because it doesn't cover your full eye like you just have like an eye
1: mask around <laughs> yeah it's still obviously a tattoo <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next one is Spell Rot Tattoo. Uh, the rarity varies depending on what you choose so or what you get. <laughs> this tattoo contains a single spell of up to fifth level, rot on your skin by a magic needle. To use the tattoo, you must hold the needle against your skin where you want the tattoo to appear and speak the command word. What? The needle turns into the ink that becomes a tattoo, which appears on your skin. Once the tattoo is on your skin, you can cast its spell requiring no material components. The tattoo glows faintly when you cast a spell and for the spell's duration. Once the spell ends, the tattoo vanishes from your skin. So it's less spell rot, more spell scroll tattoo.
0: Yeah, that's a weird one.
1: Yeah, it's, okay, similar, okay, so we just got a staff, we didn't just get it, we got it like three sessions ago in Pathfinder, which was sc- staff of the spell scroll or something like that. Yeah. Where at first you're like, oh man, I can imbue this this staff with whatever the spell scroll is and cast it for the, like, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, no, no. Um, it acts just like the scroll would exactly in its form, and the scroll is still consumed, but you can just use one hand to do it instead of holding the scroll. Yeah. And it's like, oh. And okay. it
0: sounds like this is this is a tattoo that just straight up gets wasted. Like it doesn't turn back into the needle or anything. It just is gone.
1: Um this one I might read. Nope, there is no attunement. Yeah. Um so there is no attunement mm. to this one.
0: Interesting. So these are definitely those slap stickers.
1: Yeah, these <laughs> are temporary tattoos. Literally.
0: These are 100%.
1: Uh, the spell rot ones. So the cantrip is common, first common, second is uncommon, third is uncommon, fourth and fifth are both rare. Um, yeah. They have their own spell casting ability modifiers, save DC and, and DC. attack bonus. Yeah,
0: that's weird. That's weird.
1: So like I, I don't
0: see that getting a lot of use.
1: Well, you could be a fighter or something and get like some kind of smite as a temporary tattoo on your arm. True. Um, But it's like, eh. So... Uh, that one's interesting like especially since it's it okay so as raw (laughs) spell scrolls are restricted to if you can use that spell or not so this has a leg up on spell scrolls Mm -hmm. in that there is no restriction in that item
0: true true
1: so a wizard can cast a druid spell a druid can cast a bard spell you know it's like it's all kind of fun stuff very true And then there's one last one, which has a very interesting name. The Shadowfell Brand Tattoo. Oh, it's very rare. This tattoo is dark in color and abstract. While it's on your skin, you have advantage on stealth checks. Uh, shadowy defense. When you take damage, you can use your reaction to become shadowy and insubstantial for a moment, reducing the damage you take by half. Once used, this reaction can't be used again until the next dawn. This is every rogue's dream tattoo. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but that is the last of the tattoos.
0: The they're pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I will um, say like the tattoos, and compared to the spells, like some of them, I'd have to, I would want to rework a little bit. But like, other than that, I,
0: I do, I do like because I do like that they are tattoos that have magical effects with them. But I do kind of wish that there was a way to that they had better rules for like this tattoo acts as this spell like ability or this spell allows you to cast like the 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 one that uh the the second to last one the spell rot one yeah like it would be cool if there was one that acted like the feat that i took in pathfinder where it's just like this tattoo lets you cast a cantrip uh at will oh yeah and like give it some of those
1: warlock flavors like that would be really cool
0: so it's a little disappointing that they don't have stuff like that, but overall they're cool, and it's a neat direction. I would love yeah. to see them explore more. And honestly, and this I is do... a great
1: stepping like moment for the DMs to have the chance to build stuff like what you were talking about. Yes, like yes. using these like stat blocks for these magical items, you can build your own tattoos, which I think and would I be do really cool. like
0: the. I do really like the variant rule for the body modification. Oh yeah. That's really cool. The brands and everything like that. And like, you could even have it as piercings and and stuff like it. It it opens up a, uh, an area of, of lifestyle that, isn't really explored that much in D&D. Cause I know there are people that they love getting tattoos. They love getting piercings. They love doing all this stuff, but they don't have any, like they only have like a flavor way to express that in game, but this is letting them do something mechanically with that lifestyle. And I really like that. I think that's a neat thing to do.
1: Yeah. I mean like one of the most infamous tattooed figures right now in D&D is well currently a dead one, but Molly Mock. Like, mm-hmm. he has tattoos all over his entire body. And how cool would it have been if for this blood hunter to, for those tattoos to have that kind of meaning? Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Like, if he was attuned to those tattoos, because that would have been so cool. Like, and I don't know, like, maybe if, like, he had them from the beginning, but he can't use them yet or something, or mm-hmm. he refuses to use them. So it's, like, this I, kind I, of stuff really it, it activates. I think, I think
0: that's the flavor that... um that Kyle and I are doing for because our, our characters in Pathfinder are brothers. Yeah. And we both took the second uh feat for the the ancestral feats for getting tattoos. So we now have a second one that allows us to cast first level spells. And but we both agree they were like, Well we both already had this, we just couldn't use it until now.
1: Yeah. And, I, and that's it, very fair know, as a as a player yeah. to establish that. Um personally i like the idea of piercings more than tattoos for this concept of for the attunement like reasoning and everything yes
0: yes 100 percent.
1: because like the fact that you can unattune and the tattoo just kind of falls off as and it shows up as a needle it's like okay
0: yeah it's weird
1: yeah because i'm like i understand why they described it like that because they they want to but at the same time they don't limit you because yeah. they don't say each t- tattoo is takes up an attunement slot it's any tattoo, tattoos, period, take up one attunement slot. Yeah. And so it doesn't limit you at all in that case. Um, like, and I feel weird that you can unattune to them.
0: Yeah. It, it, it kind of takes, like, you know, the permanence of a tattoo out of the equation. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing that we're always told in, you know, real life is like, hey, really think about what you're getting as a tattoo because you cannot remove that.
1: Yeah, and um, like, and also, you can't, you you wouldn't be able to write over it. Yeah. You know, if you think about it. You get a it.
0: rewritable uh, tattoo. <laughs> like,
1: because if you got, in order to get a legendary one, that takes up the entire arm and chest. Right? So, like, yeah. getting the very rare one takes up both arms. Yeah. So, it's like, I imagine you can't have both at the same time, although that's personally how I would rule it. Mm-hmm but it's like so that would kind of see it's it's just so funky like there's yeah. there's going to be I, a I, lot of adjustments and i
0: think i think the problem with it is that we don't have like an in world explanation for this like we've never heard of magic ink or ink that can move on its own and that you can yeah. move here and there so it it, it kind of comes out it it goes back to what we were talking about in in wild mount where th- all of that stuff in there felt like it was in a um It was taking what we already had and building on it, whereas this just comes out of left field and is just here because it's new. There's no reason for it. There's no explanation for it. It's just how it works mechanically.
1: Yeah, which, like, I was just reading the intro again where it's, like, it doesn't even explain – there's no tattooists. They don't explain any kind of, like, that culture.
0: Exactly. yeah, that's what I was saying. How it's just like, th- I feel like there is a really big missed opportunity here for doing something with magician tattoo artists and oh, yeah. like being able to imbue magic through tattooing it's it's a weird misstep where it feels like they were more worried about the mechanics of it than the actual flavor of it
1: like the reasoning behind it yeah (laughs) yeah no i i definitely agree with you there it's
0: but but overall this is this is a great ua this is exactly what we were talking about last time with the infamous iron man Uh, is that's like we wanted different stuff and this is different and i like it i really do
1: Yeah, I mean, like, and it's stuff that, like, all the spells, I'm I'm fine with throwing in there right now. Like, I don't 100%. feel like I need to adjust anything. Like, the tattoos, I'll have to work with it to both either make it fit in my world and to give it an explanation.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um,
1: same. Because suddenly people can't be showing up with, like, tattoos and be like, hey, where'd you get that? It's like, oh, at this guy down the street, he gave me a needle and I just pressed it to oh, my look, arm.
0: Isn't, uh, isn't it cool? It's like, uh, Kermit the Frog, it makes me stealth better. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So yeah, no, I definitely think that something needs to needs to be a little reworked in there, but overall, I think this is a fantastic UA and I I hope we get more like this yeah. in the coming months.
1: Yeah, cuz new new play options are always fun and th- this this was this was cool to look through.
0: Mhm. Um, you got any final thoughts on it?
1: No, I think I said pretty much everything I needed to.
0: Well, that was your uh hour and a half bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> um uh a quick bit of dungeon keeping. Um, this is going up today on Wednesday, but on Friday we are going to have a brand new episode with uh, Ryan Hall, aka Storyteller Mars, and we're going to be talking about a bunch of D&D, or not, well, we do talk about a bunch of D&D stuff, but also Idle Champions, because uh, he's a really big figure in that community, and uh, it was a fantastic episode. Uh, we had a lot of fun recording it, Yeah. and I cannot wait for all of you to hear. I hope you're excited. Uh, so check that out on Friday. And of course, you know, we got, we got that, uh, the idol champions code in there. So, you know, you can get, you can get something out of it besides just enjoyment, and listening to ease, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that's going to do it for this bonus episode. Um, if you enjoyed it and you enjoy our other episodes, the best thing to do is to leave a review on the service of your choice. Um, you can, uh, you know, also tell your friends about the show. Maybe they're, uh, checking out the UAs and they want some other opinions on it. You can send this over their way. Uh, if you would like to keep up to date with us, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Difficulty Class or on Instagram at Difficulty Podcast. And you can also write in with your own topic suggestions, questions, or what have you to uh, Difficulty Class at gmail.com, and we might talk about them on a future episode. So until next week, don't get killed by a skeleton ghost. <laughs>
1: boop, 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 bo